0: The following show you're about to hear is weird, not in its content, but in the technical issues that suddenly arose at the time of the show, particularly when we mentioned the title of the book. Could be coincidence, but it did happen a few times. But anyway, there are a few technical issues. A little bit of the audio is a little bit yuck. However, I am trying to uh, retrieve it on another computer, which should be done soon. But in the meantime, I'm publishing this because... It's valuable. It's a good thing to have out there. So bear with. And uh, yes, here it comes. Welcome to the best that man can get. And today's guest is the kind of person you may regret inviting to the dinner party, only to find out they have improved your chances of survival greatly. He is the author of Thriving in a Toxic World. And guess what? He is. It's Justin (laughs) Zalafsky. Hello, sir. And he's gone already. The picture's gone. Bugger. Hallelujah. Fatherfunny.com is alive and kicking like the beast that never sleeps. Designed by Diablosdesigns.co.uk. By a lovely man called Dan. The devil's in the detail. And now, to the show.
1: Hello, I can hear you now. Hello, I'm back again. I don't I have no idea what's going on. What happened there? I, I. Right, so what I... This is the thing. See, when you start speaking about anything outside their normal narrative... Yeah, like this is the thing. Google, Facebook, YouTube, and all these people all absolutely listen to you. And like I've no, I have no doubt I'm on some sort of watch list, and I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care. But the thing is, stuff like this happens all the time when you start to talk about really st- stuff that matters. Right, it's just the way it is.
0: Welcome to the best that man can get. And today's guest is the kind of person you may regret inviting to the dinner party only to find they have improved your chances of survival in no end. He is the author of bleep, 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 bleep. And guess what? He is. It's Justin Zalowski. Hello. Hi, Jameson. Yes, the connection has survived that time because just to let you know, I will put a clip up, but the previous two times the title of the book was mentioned, the internet connection was lost. How bizarre is that?
2: <laughs> Unexpected.
0: <laughs> right, um, okay, an opening question for you that I'm sure will not be censored in any way. Um, you're a man who deals with diet, let's say, and the survival benefits of choosing a right path on that subject. But let's just say the government has lost its head and they need a new guy in to help bring about health. And they've decided in their wisdom through committee... That they need a representative as a Disney character or a cartoon character. Who would you choose to represent the best way to live diet wise?
1: The best way to live diet wise in a cartoon. Uh, I, I suppose I can't think of any positive cartoon character to replace somebody. If you said who would I, what cartoon character would I pick for somebody that you know would say the current health minister? I'd probably say Coco the Clown. <laughs> okay. uh, Positive, <laughs> I don't, uh, that's a really challenging one. I don't know,
0: yeah. I, I asked that for a reason, obviously, because there may be methods of indoctrination through social diet yeah, yeah. or choice.
1: I yeah. suppose I'm not a person that really watches television at all, so uh, probably Cart- cartoon is that like would that? Would that count as an- any an- animated stuff? I suppose, yes, I that sort of. I don't watch it, but I've heard people talking about it a lot. Uh, it's a, a very adult cartoon series. It's an American film. Uh, one of the
0: like Family Guy or. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Simps- so one,
1: yeah, yeah. There's The Simpsons of the Family Guy. It's one of those type ones. Yes. I do think at a lot of time these people get things very right and they do push things to the edge. I've never heard them talk about nutrition, but I've heard their politics and thought these people are really spot on. I'm actually amused yeah. that They're actually allowed to release such a thing. <laughs> yes. And in, in my experience, you know, a lot of times, a lot of this stuff is very predictive programming. You know, they'll, they'll put out a movie that will give a certain theme and a certain outcome to help subliminally influence people and yeah. to put that into their psyche and their consciousness. So, uh, but a cartoon character, I don't know. I suppose I've, I've never thought of anybody as a positive aspect in any of the cartoons. <laughs> That's uh, right.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I um, could only think of Bugs Bunny because of the carrots and vitamin D. But then again, are his carrots organic or are they mass produced? I don't know. Is he is he well, near a Monsanto field or is he in an organic pasture? I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, the thing is, like, one of the things and when I wrote about this in my book is, like, people think that organic is really, really, really good for you. And it's Mays better. than than eating pesticide-drenched normal conventional produce. Hmm. The thing is, the organic standard is is an observation of a process. It's not the measurement of a standard. So you could have a coal plant and a nuclear plant and a chemical plant in China that has followed the organic protocols by not adding pesticides, not doing stuff, but they could have contaminated soil. That, you know, just mm-hmm. through the wallet in the neighborhood because they live beside a uh, a megacity on the outskirts of a megacity, and they could use fluor- fluoride drenched water to water them and stuff, and that would pass the organic standard. Oh, right. Uh, you could have the pristine like hills of the Himalayas and have crops grown there that are not certified organic, but they will be nutritionally maybe ten to twenty times better for you than the organic stuff. Wow, and. Uh, I mean, I don't travel as much as I used to, but you know, at one stage I was on 85 planes and helicopters, you know, doing different things. And uh, I remember once I was in the States, and like the, the food in the States, in most cases, unless you're around somebody or you know somebody, if you're a traveller and you're not in a, a location that you're aware of, you know, there's your normal type supermarkets, and there's very little to eat that's fit for human consumption, and So I went into one supermarket and I thought, what can I eat? And I looked around I just thought, there's nothing in here. And in the end, I I, I lifted a bag of organic carrots. (laughs) (laughs) It's just really hard to get food in there that's fit for human consumption. But I I started eating these carrots and they were the most tasteless, most nutritionally dead carrots I'd ever tasted. Hmm. They must have been growing them in the same soil over and over and over again for 10 years without any... Crop rotation, allowing the feed to lay, follow or whatever, and it ticked the box. But they were just like tasteless bits of like mushy water, yeah. and uh, that's the problem. You know, a lot of the food, you know, we just we have lost touch with where it comes from, who provided it. And I mean, I have a garden here at the back, and you know, and initially I just had grass, but eventually, you know, I have a plum tree, I have a pear tree, I have an apple tree, I've. Uh, raspberries, of blueberries, of red currants, of black currants, of six different types of mint, of uh, fennel. I have uh, just a variation of different herbs and different things grown, and wow. so it doesn't give you a lot, but it still gives you a good amount, especially you know in sort of the the autumn and later summer months. But to me, we want to sort of try and reconnect with the people that produce our food because these corporations. It's only about profit, and they don't care how it gets here. They don't care the people that uh, processed or grown the food or had grown the food. Like the consciousness of the person that is providing the food matters massively. Mm. Like a meal that is average made by a person that really loves and cares for what they're doing and appreciates you is going to be far more nutritious than an organic meal that somebody threw at you because they hated doing their job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not that I'm a religious person in any way, but the, in, in the Buddhist monasteries, it's that the person that has the highest level of consciousness that usually would be the person that would be responsible for preparing the food.
2: Ah, yeah,
0: true. Yeah.
1: You know, so you know, we like our touch and our consciousness and uh, our appreciation of what we're eating. Uh, matters massively and sometimes I am out and I can't get the food that I would like to eat but at the end of the day what I'll do is I'll take what I can and I'll make the best choice that I can and I will I have this sort of thing where I just know that my unconscious mind, my body will absorb the maximum nutrition that it can out of it and eliminate anything that doesn't serve me Yeah. another time I remember was in that last time I think it was in Palm Springs but another time I was in Vegas, this is maybe 12 years ago And I was at an event for five days. And when I had finished that event, because the food was provided at the event, but even though it was a high level facility, I still had to send the food back, I think, two or three times because it was such poor quality. Mm. So after I walked about for two hours, trying to find something to eat. And I really struggled in the end. I just went, I need to eat something, right? What will I get? And I saw there's a pizza, a pizza can't be that bad. So I walked into the pizza place. Got the pizza, and it looked like a pizza, and it sort of looked like a pizza. <laughs> <clears throat> but after I had that pizza, I had to go and get two liters of water to put the fire out. Yeah, I, that that was. It looked like a pizza, but it was a chemical shitstorm. <laughs> what it was, I never would have eaten in the first place. And I just would have, you know, taken that as a, a day to fast. Yeah, that's the thing we have companies now that are out there that are trying to sell us the illusion of health or the illusion of something that is going to be of a nutritional benefit to us. Yeah. And so the problem is, is that we've got these marketing gurus and spin doctors selling the illusion because the problem is, is that high quality uh, nutritious ingredients cost money. And when you're absolutely driven by profit, <clears throat> excuse me, what you'll do is you'll go out and you'll just find the cheapest ingredients and you'll deliver that product as cheaply and as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, And the problem is, is that it's so the, the simple thing I would say to people is, you know, if you, if you ask people, what's your dad, like most people, even the people that are eating the most horrendous shit will tell you that, Oh, I don't think my dad's too bad. They're delusional. in yeah. what, And they've just been so hypnotized and so brainwashed. And they would say to me, well, when you go to the supermarket, uh, is that not a really difficult job for you to do? And I says, no, it's so simple. I says, I know that I, like, say there's 50 eggs in the supermarket. I know I can only probably eat out of four eggs. <laughs>
0: the toy aisle.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, that'll be the fresh fruit and veg. And yeah. there may be a few other little dried things that I may be able to get, but it's very limited. But, you know, I do eat lots of high-quality superfoods every single day in life, i at home. Mm. And even when I'm traveling, if I can, I'll take superfoods with me. Now, if you're flying to Australia or the states, uh, the quarantine laws—they will not let you bring that stuff in—and they really freak out. And I can understand, you know, that they want to protect stuff. But you know, the food that I have wouldn't be—it wouldn't be sort of any threat to them. But they're just so paranoid that you can't bring yeah. that stuff with you. But you know, I will bring all my own supplements and different things that I that I can take to help supplement anything in case um, you know, I can't get access to food. But yeah. a lot of times. Uh, I just won't eat, you know, maybe like if I'm flying, you know, I may fast for 25 hours or 30 hours or whatever, because uh, I just won't eat the food on the planes. Um,
0: What got you onto this whole path of, was it a particular event? Was it an illness? What sort of triggered the whole thing of, hang on a minute, this stuff isn't uh, too useful for
1: me? So probably around, I think it was about 18 years ago, I was at a seminar and the guy started talking about nutrition. And I never really thought about it. I mean, to me, beforehand, nutrition was not even a consideration. It was just a, it, the only criteria was how I did it taste? I wanted to eat something that I liked the taste of. Yeah. And when he started talking about nutrition, it started making me think. And then I started researching and looking at it and exploring it more. Now, the guy that was talking about the nutrition was very, very sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, he you know, he, he was... He, say had the certain performance goals that he wanted to meet and the thing was was that this was great if you wanted to build massive amounts of muscle and you wanted to be really really strong but it was a dad long term that definitely wouldn't have been good for your health and there was massive amounts of meat and bacon and uh, animal products and stuff like that in it and but I started researching and researching and researching and I just thought this is like the, the, the nutritional main field is absolutely insane. The people that you think are there that you would believe are trusted sources to gauge you in what you should best eat that's best for you and your family are absolutely corrupted and rotten to the core. Mm. And one of the things, uh, the American Dietetic Association, I remember coming across our website and they started saying, you should eat this and do that and do this. And they promote themselves as the the leading authority in nutritional guidance, you know, throughout the states or throughout the world. I can't remember exactly. But when you actually start to dig really, really deeply, these people are taken, these people are sponsored by uh, Pepsi, Coca Cola, <laughs> Johnson Johnson. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I can't remember them all, but I, the, the, I just did like the top 10 of them. And nine out of 10 of them are all, all involved in corruption and bribery. And all sorts of really horrible, unethical things. One of them was caught, you know, with dumping mercury in India and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, for you to be a member of the American Diet- Dietetic Association, I think they changed their name, it's slightly different now, but that was their old name. And then they tried to, I can't remember the exact name now. But so, what they, what they were doing, and this was years ago when I wrote the book, because it took me, seriously, took me 10 years to write that book. And I wow. thought I was writing a book on nutrition.
2: Yeah.
1: And the, the thing about it is, is that the whole entire system of every aspect you can imagine in life, not only nutrition, but politics, uh, government, all the corporations, all these different things, they're all so corrupted that you couldn't, most people couldn't even comprehend how rotten they are. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things about the American Dietetic Association is back then for $20,000, you could get a placement at one of their venues, you know, like one of their expos and stuff like that. So basically you could be the CEO of the McNasty Food Corporation and your best selling burger is a McToxic Waste Burger, known to cause heart disease, diabetes, or whatever, all, you know, made from animal products that have growth promoters, antibiotics, steroids, and hormones in them. Totally like the most health destroying product. But for 20 grand, you can get a seat at one of their tables and they'll promote it for you. Mm. Now, I did write about that, and I don't know if they will have changed the entry criteria if anybody ever got wind of it. But (laughs) the thing, when I was writing at that time, uh, they had an annual conference. Who was providing the food at their annual conference? Like, this is just... (laughs) (laughs) Like, McDonald's? No way. Yeah. And so you're thinking, like, you know, could this be real? These are the people that are trying to get us. But what that's
0: that's like a that's like a butcher providing the catering at a vegan event that's just it just doesn't make sense
1: i know but this is the thing it's not about health it's about the illusion of health and how much money you can make out of it Mm. if i could get you to buy something that costs a dollar to make and i can get you to buy it for ten dollars because you think it's super healthy but if if you realize it's a piece of crap you might pay a dollar fifty for it at a like a a stand at the side of the road if you're really stuck, but you're not going to pay a premium product. And so the marketing department is selling the illusion of health. Mm. And so a very simple thing I'd say to anybody, if it's advertised in TV, 99.9% of the time, you cannot eat it. Mm. The people that you you never hear buy the most delicious, healthiest organic food that is going to heal your body massively on TV. Never. It's the big mega corporations that can throw millions, if not billions of dollars of advertising and marketing every year. So the entire system is corrupted. So you'll get another example of that is you'll get all these heart charities, uh, cancer charities and different charities. And so these charities will never speak out about the cause of what's causing the illness that they're talking about in the first place. These cancer charities are taken hundreds of millions of dollars a year from meat and uh, dairy industry, from uh, the pharmaceutical industry, from all these different industries. And so what happens is that you think that what's out there is what's getting you because they're controlling the narrative, it's like Google now. Nah, Google would, I would say, be censoring probably at least 99% of the natural health news that's out there now. Nah, yes. Yeah. like. I've tried to research old articles again and find them, and you know you might find it on page seventeen, or you might have to have ten search attempts to get it. And in many cases, all that stuff's been completely obliterated and wiped off for the internet. So, yeah. so what is happening is it Can I just before, ask: Has
0: that stuff been, has it been deleted, or is it just the chains and links to get there are removed?
1: So lots of the. Links are completely gone because sometimes okay. I would have kept. So what I would do is I would keep a lot of the links. Yeah. You know, throw them in like an email and have like 20, 30 links, you go to click on them. this link is no longer available. This link's no longer available. Yeah. And but like, have you tried to search? Like say, I search for uh, the poz- or health benefits of goji berries. Yeah. You may have got ten really top level quality sites. that all of them would have had value. Now you'll find it'll be companies doing articles that have got promotional articles to them and different things where you're not getting any information other than the mainstream narrative. You're mm-hmm. not getting access to the really deep quality stuff that could really empower you to make uh, decisions. And so one of the things like, so many years ago and I've been working with people that, you know, cancer people have had cancer for years and years and years. And so what usually happens is when people get the diagnosis of cancer, that, usually in most cases freaks them out. They can't manage their state. Some people will just totally blindly follow the doctor and go down the cut poison burn route. Mm. Then you'll get the other people say, well, I want to heal this or I want to, I want to deal with this naturally. So what happens is they then go on to Google and then they go on a deep dive to try and find stuff out. So what you'll find is when you're in a state of say distress or concern or urgency, You're not going to be able to find the articles that sometimes took me like, you know, 15 or 20 years to find or the people in the sources and stuff, because that stuff is so, so, so incredibly difficult to find now by design, because the pharmaceutical industry, you know, spend billions of dollars on advertising uh, every year. And so they were going to people at Google and saying, well, you know, there's somebody that's paying nothing that's above me. But in an organic search, that's how it would work. And if the people are interested in that. But the search terms now are so, the algorithms are so controlled and so manipulated that it's virtually impossible to get access to proper quality information on healthcare other than what they want you to believe or to take on board. And Mm. that's the world we live in. Now we're we're seeing massive censorship on an unprecedented level between you know all the all the censorship platforms like Google, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Google. <clears throat> but all these other places are now starting to really build momentum. So you've got places like places like BitChute, Brand YouTube, DTube, uh, Library, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Telegram signal and all these different communication networks. And so they're, although they are censoring what's going on, so many people are waking up. And so, you know, it's hard now not to have a COVID conversation with people, Hmm. but you'll see people now that are out and they're wearing their face masks, they're doing the hand sanitizer, they're doing all that sort of nonsense. And for me personally, I've never worn a face mask. I never will. I've not had not had one squirt of that toxic hand sanitizer on my hands. And that's the thing. People think they're protecting themselves with that hand sanitizer. They're absolutely destroying their immune immune system with it. It's full of triclosan and benzoyl alcohol and all sorts of nasties that just. And uh, I think it's linked to. I think mainly bowel cancer, but some sort of cancer as well. And so we are trying, like in nature, you don't need to obliterate every germ, every bit of bacteria on the planet. The cure to any illness is to have a high level functioning immune system. But most people's immune systems are really poor. And if anybody sneezes on them, it can take them out of the game or they get sick or they get a cold or they get a flu. But there's times where I've went for 10 years and not had a cold and I'd be out. Every single morning in life, and I don't care if it's minus whatever, and it's raining and I get drenched, I'll go do that walk, maybe for 35 minutes, come back. And if I need to, I'll get a warm shower to warm up. But your immune system is a cure to every disease. But these pharmaceutical industries want us to believe that it's a pill for every ill. And so this is the thing. Your unconscious mind, it's this beautiful part of you that wants to keep you alive that's always going to do what's best for you. So if you've got a headache, that's your unconscious mind saying you're either dehydrated, you're stressed, you're toxic, you haven't slept enough. But it's a feedback mechanism that's letting you know that there is an issue. Now, what does the pharmaceutical industry do? It says, "Oh, you know, when pain strikes, strike back with this new and improved mega (laughs) potion that's going to blast you out of the universe." Yeah, and it's not a battle between you and your body but that's the mentality that they're in. That's a bit like you driving down the road in your car and the oil light comes on, you go take the bulb out, you break the bulb and go, wow, what's that problem solved? No, you're not getting the feedback now that was essential to let you know that there was a problem. Yeah, now, it's A short-term problem like dehydration, that might pass quickly, but if it's a more serious problem, the unconscious then is going to have to increase The communication feedback to you because it's very important for you to get that signal. And if you shoot that messenger, then it's going to have to increase it. And so, what you'll find is you get these people that are absolutely maxed out on all their pharmaceutical drugs and they're still having the problem because the pharmaceutical industry always treats the symptoms, it never deals with the underlying cause. Yeah. And so, there's no problem, there's no profit in dealing with. Uh, the actual causation because one or, well there is profit, you may be able to resolve it but they, when you treat the symptoms the problem has never went away, it's just you're masking the symptoms
0: Yeah, there's no long term strategy for growth if you uh, handle a problem at source, is
1: there? Yeah, yeah, and so you'll get people say have got psoriasis or they've got eczema hmm. and so what do you do? You go to the, your GP and say oh I've got this here, terrible, it's a and so what they'll do is they'll give you a steroid medication and so what your body's telling you is you're you've a dad and a lifestyle that's really toxic and we need to get this crap out any way we can mm. what actually happens then is that they put a steroid cream on it which forces the stuff that's coming out through your skin back into your skin and won't let it out and they look over oh, well, the skin looks better now the problem has never been resolved it's just mm. been pushed deeper into your body
2: mm. and
1: like One of the things when I'm giving talks is um, I'd say, look, I would recommend that most people do a liver cleanse. And without any doubt, in 99% of the cases, the people that I would be talking to would have at least 500 to 1,000 stones the size of peas in their liver and gallbladder. yeah, oh, And so most people, when you say, listen, you need to clean your liver, what do you need to do? And I mean, it's simple. If it, I mean, I can go into the protocol if you want, or I can just refer to it, you know, whatever you want. But the thing about it is most people won't want to do that because it, it involves doing a colonic and it involves seven days. But it's very simple to do. The hardest part is the colonic. And I know for some people, because they just don't want to have basically somebody sticking a pipe up their ass. Mm. But you're flushing out your bowels and then you're flushing out the stones and you're going to regenerate your your liver. You're going to get rid of all those stones. And you're going to get rid of all, if you've ever taken antibiotics, pharmaceutical drugs, illegal drugs, or any chemical residue, that's all going to get flushed out and you're going to regenerate your liver. Yeah. But most people have been so brainwashed to give me the pill, give me the quick fix, and they want instant gratification. Mm. And you know we get people then going on to do diets. And the thing about diets that is diets do not work you know, what most people do is they go, I don't like the way I am. I'm going to go on a diet for a way. So what that does is that that in some levels either forces the body to lose weight, usually in an unhealthy way, or they go to some weight watching type club and they take, uh, different shakes and different things to get them off, Mm. uh, the junk that they're eating. But the thing is most of the shakes that they're taking are so full of chemicals. They're a chemical shit storm. They're full of aspartame and uh, sucralose and all sorts of chemical additives that are just so detrimental that you just wouldn't ever put this stuff in your body, but they do lose weight. Then once they achieve their ideal weight, they go back to eating the same crap that got them overweight or fat in the first place. And this is the thing, the... These diets, the the only thing that's going to change to allow you to be healthy is you need to lead a healthy lifestyle. That means a permanent shift in what you put into your mouth and what you do. And I have no judgment of any person at all. I just, when you look at any person's body, no matter who they are, their body is a perfect reflection of what they do to that body on a daily basis. If you're carrying, you know, like, 10 more kilos than you should be that's because you have a certain strategy or a certain pattern if you're a really really fit guy that's because you're doing something different from somebody else Mm. and so this is the thing is the food industry and the supplement industry you know people want the body of an athlete but many people want to live the life of a couch potato (laughs) sitting in front of that television getting brainwashed you know they're selling the illusion of the quick fix, and so many people will buy this ad that's trying to sell them the the, the illusion that they're going to get fit, that they're going to get healthy, or they're going to be you know just drinking their product, and that's never going to happen. Mm. It, it's it's never going to happen. But the selling of the illusion that it might happen is a multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah. How so do we
0: just- how do we as common, Farsi people though overcome that big torrent and tidal wave of corporate obsession as it were
1: so the thing that you need to do is to start to really question everything you've been told most of what we're living is like a holographic matrix illusion mm. and so people think that you know if the, if you think that the government is going to protect you or the government is going to give you or allow health, only healthy food if the government allows that then it must be good for you like you are in that sort of lure vibration of people that don't realize and don't some people actually if you try to say listen that's not healthy for you will be very upset
0: well i that. think you'd, you'd only have to look at the fact of i was just in a discussion with someone before about well our government funds salisbury plain which is one of the world's biggest biological weapons facilities if yeah. the government cares about humanity why would they have such a thing
1: I know. So this is the, this is the thing. They fund lots of different things, and I mean, there's ho- lots of horribly, horribly, horribly unethical things the government do. And you know, the, I believe you know the governments are just run by absolute criminals. Every one of them. There yeah. will be some good people in there. And like this, at the minute, we're in this huge battle for consciousness. There's the people that are waking up, and there's the people that think they're in control, and they realize that people are standing in numbers massively. It's like you'll see. Uh, like a protest in London against the lockdown. And what you'll see is uh social media footage of thousands and thousands and thousands, maybe ten or twenty thousand people walking the streets and then you'll get the BBC and they'll go out at five o'clock in the evening down a side street and say, Oh, there's a few hundred people to give the illusion that there's nothing happening and people think, Oh, well, it's just a few conspiracy theorists. Yeah. But this is the crazy thing. It's almost like everything's flipped 180 degrees, and the conspiracy theorists are all wearing the masks now.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's oh. like it's like the the little foil hat is now the mask in some way, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So this is the thing. It's not. It's it, to me, I don't know the 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 masks, the vaccinations, the social distancing. I mean. So even if you get your mask, even if you wear three masks, even if you social distance, even if you get your vaccine, even if you follow all the rules, like they still say, well, you still have to keep doing it because it, it, it probably will make no difference. So you <laughs> yeah. have to make your entire immune system for the illusion of some sort of health benefit, but mm. in reality you've completely and utterly destroyed yourself. Like seriously, I would not vaccinate anybody or anything for any reason at any time. Mm. under any circumstances.
0: Do you think this this wave has sort of highlighted, I say wave as in the waves, whatever, has it highlighted our physical weaknesses as a society, not as individuals, but has it highlighted the the fact that we are in a a physical decline?
1: Well, so this is the thing. This is the first generation in history that are expected to have a shorter life expectancy than the previous generation. Mm. We have governments that now are completely captured, completely bought and paid for by the industries that uh, basically want to sell to us. So the pharmaceutical industry in America pretty well owns all the regular, like the the CDC is a complete criminal organization. The FDA is a complete criminal organization. They're just run by criminals. They have so many conflicts of interest. They are so corrupt. They're, they're just, I mean, you just, can't believe a word comes out of their mouth. The World Health Organization is a criminal organization. I wouldn't trust a word. I mean, I would reference in the odd time, there's sometimes there will be certain data that you may get that doesn't conflict with whoever's pulling the lever's interest. Mm. But in general, you can't trust any of these ones. If any of these organizations are just so corrupt in what they do in so many levels, it's like most people couldn't comprehend. Mm. But... uh, the whole system is completely rigged. In America, they have a thing called state-sponsored bribery. Well, they call it lobbying, but basically, it, it is bribery. And yeah. so, what you do is, if you if you uh, don't like a law and it doesn't suit your company's ethics or outcome, you can go to Congress and get somebody to go and bribe somebody to get the law passed. And so, the pharmaceutical industry. Basically, get the right, the laws in which they live under. Mm. You know, so I think it was 1986, uh, Reagan uh, saying in the Act was the NA- National Vaccine Childhood Injury Act or something. Like that. So basically, yes. they, the pharmaceutical industry, are immune from prosecution if somebody gets injured from the vaccine, but they'll have these secret vaccine courts where the public have to pay the damages for the commercial gains of the vaccine industry and so right at the minute we so what you're saying to... there
0: is basically the tax the american taxpayer is funding recompense to the public who are damaged or injured by these claims
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. and most of these people that get payouts have the same gagging orders otherwise they don't they you know they, they will they will uh there'll be a clause or a penalty or a contempt of court so yeah. they have to sign gagging orders but the thing is At the minute, we have 54 companies all competing in the vaccine gold rush. Hmm. When you've got 54 companies competing in something that is a multi, 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 multi multi-billion dollar opportunity for them and there's no liability, then this is an insane recipe for disaster. Like Vioxx killed like up around 100,000 people. Nobody went to jail. You can basically do scientific studies and find that, oh, well, we'll give this vaccine to somebody and half of them drop dead. Oh, right, okay, let's get rid of that study. Let's try another one on a different angle. We'll try a different age group, a different demographic, a different race, a different whatever. Mm. And then they'll find out, oh, no, that they didn't. Or they'll find out that after 30 days they drop dead, so they'll say, well, we'll, we'll test them for 28 days, and they will manipulate the variables to get the sweet spot. Mm. And then they'll say, well, look, we we'll, we'll carried out this research, and we found that this is it. And they'll go, well, we'll do a double bound study now. And we'll do it within these narrow parameters, but they don't have to declare that they did 20 tests beforehand, that everybody had horrendous side effects and they can put that through. And then it's, oh, look, but we've done the research, the research that's done by the industry that has the desired outcome. That's not impartial research. That's research uh, with an agenda. And this is the thing. Most scientists are absolute crooks now. I mean, People say, trust the science. You cannot trust the science because you can't trust the scientists because the scientists have been so corrupt, and so bought, and science has now become whatever it is you're willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. I could go out and do a survey on just pick a product off a supermarket shelf and I could go ask 20 or 100 people, What do you think of this product? and say it in a way that I want a positive outcome. I could go and ask another 100 people, I could go to a different place, I could go out and Ask a hundred people when the pubs are getting out. What do you think of this product? And they'll say, "Well, we did independent research, and we found that this product found that 76% of the people that we mentioned it to thought it was great." Mm-hmm. Or you can make it sound absolutely dreadful. There is so much ability to to manipulate parameters based on your desired outcome that yeah. science now is totally untrustworthy. Like I remember seeing supplements for sale on Facebook. And it says, but this is by Dr. Summon. I just thought that just means a whole new level of scrutiny. Mm. Because, yeah. And so this is the thing 99% of the supplements on the market are absolute total crap and you shouldn't ever put them in your body. Total
0: right. crap. So and if we're as individuals all fragmented fighting each other, mm-hmm. how do we push back against this, the system of control or illusion of choice? Is it a case of that we have to, I'm sort of seeing it more and more by the day that we're having to maybe dump the internet and actually just work within our communities by voice.
2: So
1: this is the thing. The internet is a very useful tool. And so what you need to do is take what's really useful from it and use it and discard anything that's not uh, in alignment with who you are or how it serves you. Mm. But the thing is that what they have done for centuries, if not millennia, is to divide and conquer. They need people fighting and bickering against each other. And so what they really dislike is people that are awake and people that are empowered, people that know what's really going on. And that number is growing by the day. It may not seem like it because people are still turning on mainstream media, but we are making massive, massive shifts in consciousness and people are being forced into a new consciousness that previously that these conversations could never have happened. And so, yes, talk to people that are willing to listen. If there's people that are gripped with fear, they want to wear that mask, that's fine. Allow them to do that. If they want to get the vaccine, that's fine. Let them do that. That's their choice. And I, I would even stand and say the, I fight for the people's right to have their vaccine if they want it, even though I know that yes. it's so dangerous they should have the freedom of choice to choose consciously what they want to do. Agreed, but yeah. we don't want to vaccinate or we don't want to do it. That's our body, our choice, our consciousness. And this is the thing. We are our own highest authority. There's nobody gets to tell me what to do ever under any circumstances. And you need to claim that power and not allow anybody to push you around. You know, mm. I was over in uh, Australia last year. I was giving a talk in... February and one in March. Actually, yeah, when I arrived on the plane, somebody got sick, and you know, they freaked out, and you know they weren't going to let people off the plane. And then they did a check, and again eventually let them off. But I, I was in Australia for a few weeks, you know, and I've been there probably I think maybe four times now. I, I really like the place, really great people. But when I was coming back, I was walking through the airport, and they said, "Oh, you have to go through these scanners. You have to put your finger. I think it was your fingerprints in, or you had to scan your passport, and we're going to do a retina scan." yeah and there was no other option other than go through these scanners and i just sort of sort of started shouting and went oh here i need through here what do you mean you have to go through so was, if you can't do that uh you can't you can't get through and i says that's nonsense and it said on by scanning your passport and doing this you 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 agree to give us consent i said that's an unconscionable contract i says you can't do that i says and he says but oh you know you have to do that and i says no you don't i says go and get somebody a supervisor somebody knows what they're talking about i says that's not true and in the end, she had to go and talk to somebody and come back. And then they manually had to process me because I refused to let them take retina scans or fingerprints or photographs of me.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, and another guy says, oh, a rebel, are you? And I says, no. And it was it's the guy, one of the yeah. security guys. But he says, good on you, mate, and stuff. And he says, I'm glad to see somebody standing up. But there's a sort of like, you know, like a, a sort of still a type of freedom in some of the psyche of the people there. Yeah. But I went through and then the woman like went and got my passport with a microscope and all that sort of stuff and she was just so pissed that I would dare question her authority yes but the thing is when you stand up and you know who you are people can't push you around and the same I went to Tenerife like maybe two years ago and they wanted me to go through the automated scanners and I says no I don't consent and it says oh well you have to stand over there and it was a punishment that you have to stand at the very end of the queue until everybody in the whole airplane went off and then they were going to take me somewhere else and then uh asked that to come back and says, oh no, that's the wrong place. You have to go back here. I says, no, it doesn't. I says, go and get somebody that knows what they're talking about. I says, you want a wee part trip? Are you enjoying yourself there? I says, no. <laughs> I says, you don't even know what you're doing. Go away and get somebody that knows what they're talking about. And the wee lad went away like a t- with his tail between his legs. And I'm not out to have any conflict with anybody. I just want to travel peacefully mm. in my own consciousness, you know, giving goodwill to others and being respectful of other people's position. But I'm not going to let your fear or your illusion of power push me around. I'm not putting up with it. There's just no way I'm tolerating bad behavior. (laughs) This is the thing. People are afraid of the system. The system, this is one thing about the system that if you could just figure this bit out alone is see when you lose all fear of that system, 80% of it just collapses immediately. Like they're walking around at the minute with these census forms, and people are going, "Oh, what this, and what'll do that, what'll it do, and you know? all." And the woman walked up to my door the other night, threw a census form through my letterbox, and like she didn't even wrap the door. And I opened the door, and I says that I says I I says like I'll I'll never be filling that in. I says it doesn't even quote cause they say oh, it's against the law if you don't do this. But if they're ever going to try and shaft you, one thing you have to realize about the law is they have to give their jurisdiction under what law. There is yeah. no law. They'll tell you it's law. Show me the specific law that says you must comply with filling out a census form. And the thing is that the government sell your data, just like the DVLA. Mm. If you do something, you park in a private car park, that private car park can get your details because the DVLA will sell that data to a private company for profit. And the Mm. whole system, people think it's a government. It's not. It's a private for profit corporation trying to tell us uh, that they're in charge. I mean, you challenge time after time after time after time, you know, their system is just so corrupt, so rigged, and it's fallen apart. It's dead. It's a danger. And uh, there are some people that are still gripped in fear, but I just don't participate in any of it.
0: Good. Um, Other subject of food, you know a lot about diet and such like. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard you telling some great stuff and facts about the subject of eating right. Mm-hmm. If someone goes into a supermarket, Mm-hmm. um what basic things could they do on a gradient step to reduce the amount of toxins that are going into the body because it can if you start looking at all the ingredients like i was last night yeah. you end up going out to the supermarket with nothing so what is there that i could have
1: so the thing about it is is that most people want convenience and so one of the things I would always say is the price of convenience worth the price of your health. Cause ultimately that's what you're paying. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that you need to take as fresh and as organic and as natural ingredients as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. If you say, say you do eat meat, you need to get a quality source. So if you do, like say you eat chicken, so a chicken Years ago it took 120 days to reach maturity. Now they're doing it in 42 days. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the problem is, is when you do that, how did the chicken get the for it reach maturity in 42 days? Because they've added growth promoters, antibiotics, steroids, and hormones. Mm. So then when you buy that non organic chicken at a which looks like a super price. I mean, an organic chicken could, you could pay say fifteen pounds for a decent organic chicken. You know, you'll see a non-organic chicken for four ninety nine. Yeah. You know, they look almost identical, but one has had a very different journey and a very different experience than the other one. And so the problem with that is, is if you take that stuff and you start feeding that stuff to your children or you're eating it, you're getting boys now as as young as nine that have got bigger breasts than the girls. Yeah. So you can't eat that stuff. That stuff's made to blow them up as fast as they can. It, do, it doesn't matter uh, what it tastes like, as long as it looks like that, and then they inject it, you know, full of water and stuff to get the weight up. But ultimately, that's that stuff, you know, if you're going to eat a chicken, I know it's much more expensive, but the thing is, if you don't take time and make health a priority now, what you're going to find is that later down the road, you're going to have to have me time for for, for illness, sickness or disease
2: Mm.
1: because the world we live in, even if you're eating an organic diet, you could still end up getting some horrible diseases.
2: Yeah.
0: What was the trade deal I I recall about (laughs) between America and Japan on the subject of organic food and then people in America think they're getting organic, which technically it is, but actually it's a lot more dangerous than if it were not.
1: I I don't know, I haven't currently heard about that, but this is one of the things that they do. So in America, they would process chicken in, or, or sorry, kill the chickens in America, send them to China for processing, and then send them back to America. That's so yeah. they go through these different loopholes and different things, and they can mix things, and it's just all done for profit. Like, yeah. if you look in a conscious world, how could it be allowed or even... More profitable that you can send something and send it thousands and thousands of dollars other the world for processing to be then flown back. Like yeah, that, that's... it's just that's just fundamentally wrong. It's morally wrong on so many different levels. And the conditions that these animals are kept in are absolutely horrendous. And yeah. in America now, like you will go to jail if you filmed insane, inhumane. Brutal treatment of animals that is completely illegal and against the law. Hmm. Uh, you will go to jail for that, and the person that's committing the crime will be uh, protected. And so, you know, like in Carolina and stuff like that, or I think it might be South Carolina, the, you know, lots and lots of pig farmers are, they're like leaking out huge amounts of effluent into the system and like decimating the, the whole entire community, all sorts of illnesses and stuff. And these people are completely protected by wow. the government and if you fly a drone over it and they catch you doing that like you're 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 really going to get a lot of i mean serious serious punishment for that yeah so- no
0: the thing i was thinking was the um with the jack was the japanese fish that it's highly radiated after the fukushima accident so the fish that's coming in organic into america is actually known to be radioactive but that doesn't matter because it's organic <clears throat>
1: yes yeah, so that's that's the thing i first of all so Fukushima is, has been pumping out 300 tons of radioactive waste for de- like decades or whatever it is now or how long, I can't remember exactly when Fukushima happened, but yeah, it's pumping out 300 tons of radioactive waste in the sea every single day. Wow. Now, uh, the reason why America is not too critical of that is because General Electric are the ones that made the reactors.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: So there's very little being said about it. But the, the thing is, is it, eating fish now is a very precarious and very dangerous pursuit or Hmm. thing to do because the seas are absolutely polluted with radioactive waste. They're absolutely polluted with PCB and toxins and uh, microplastics and all these things. Uh, And it's just like a a chemical soup. And so the, sort of lower down the food chain you go the more toxic it is so if you're eating things like lobsters and uh uh things like uh prawns and different things like that they're all feeding on the bottom and that's where all the, the residue and all the stuff is so yeah. like, that stuff just insanely insanely dangerous and toxic now and especially if you're getting prawns from china they're fed and all sorts of animal feces and stuff like that it's just they're so it's so dodgy
2: yeah
1: and uh, then you've got the mercury and the bigger fish and all that sort of stuff. So the whole oceans, the whole seas and everything are just so horribly polluted in so many levels. And you may get little spots like off the west coast of Ireland or some place out in the wilderness that still has, you know, whatever way the water flows, you still may get certain quality sea vegetables and produce and different things. But in general, uh especially farm fish, not only is farm fish got all the antibiotics, the steroids, the growth motors, and the hormones, but especially for salmon, they dye, you pick the color that you want to dye the salmon, yeah. because people won't eat gray salmon, but that's that's the reality.
2: That mm.
1: That's the reality of, sort of a lot of that fish, and farm fish is just a really horribly toxic. They're full of all sorts of parasites and leeches and all things feeding off them. Mm. And so, you know, if you really, really you, you want to eat fish? At least get wild caught fish. Now the seas are overfished, and that we they, they can't be sustained. So I personally would think nobody should really eat fish just because our our world can't handle it anymore. But if you feel, listen, I'm not. I don't want to give up fish. That's okay. At least eat wild caught fish. At least right. that's be the highest probability of of the least harmful aspect of it, you know. Yeah. The, <clears throat> and then you've got all these things where you see, like you know, like the the Sea Stewart is it the MSC and all that? These organizations are all totally corrupt. You're just buying a logo to give somebody a feel-good factor. I mean, if you want to watch uh, some decent documentaries, you could watch Sea Spuracy, which will give you a real insight into the oceans. Yeah. You and you can watch Cow Spuracy, which will give you a lot of insights into the dairy industry and how they operate. And there's lots and lots of these documentaries. I mean, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of them.
0: Well, the side but, effect of the, all these documentaries <clears throat> is you end up feeling bad for existing as a human, and that you shouldn't eat or do anything. How, well, what's the so, future like? Is it is it is there actually a positive shining light anywhere?
1: So me, yes, I I think the future. Like seriously, I think we're living in wonderful times. I mean, COVID is magnificent in so many other and so many ways. I mean, the people that are. <laughs> here are all freaking out. But I just go and do what I want when I want anywhere. I've never, like, I, I travel and I've done thousands and thousands of miles. I don't care. I'm just, I just do what I want. I'm my own highest authority. And nobody gets to dictate their fear-based, uh, totally fake agenda to me. And, I mean, I, I'm, I travel peacefully and I'm, I'm at peace with it all. And hmm. so we have to get out of this, like, battlefield mindset, this warrior conflict, you know, this us against them. You know, like most people are good people, and most people want what's 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 best for <clears throat> themselves and their family. But the thing is, if they keep us in fear and they keep us fighting, then we're easily we're easily controlled. Yeah. But we're in unprecedented times, and you can see that yes, a lot of our freedoms are being removed, or they're trying to remove them. But there are many people that are really standing up and saying no, no more. And I think, I can't remember, was it Italy just went, no, we're not doing lockdown anymore. And something like 60,000 businesses just opened and that was it over. Yeah. Uh, the Isle of Man's doing what it wants. Florida's pretty much doing what it wants. Uh, Mexico's doing what it wants. Uh, Sweden, I think, is doing what it wants. And so... You'll see more and more and more things happen in Brussels now. the minute they're going, than you have, I think, 30 days to like, nonsense. Yes.
0: That's right. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I don't know how they would enforce it, how the courts would say, because if the government didn't yield, it's a case of court versus government. It's a bit weird, but yeah.
1: So this is the thing. But there's the guy, I can't remember his name, but do you remember when Volkswagen were caught manipulating the data about their cars?
0: Yes. He's now working in Germany defending or bringing a case on behalf of many businesses, isn't he?
1: He's, he's bringing, a, <clears throat> I think, a global act, class action lawsuit, I think, in the States and in Europe Hi. against all of the COVID uh, regulations. And this guy has a phenomenal success rate, and he's, not, he's one of these guys that is really, really switched on. Mm. I mean, he's a German guy, but he lives in America. And so what you're seeing is there's a, another guy that's now taken, Matt Hancock, Chris Whitty, Neil Ferguson, and some other guy, and he's issued proceedings against them and so there's more and more people standing up and there is a massive positive shift and we are going to win this and you know we don't need 50 percent of the population to waken up you know we will get to like the critical mass might only be five percent or six percent and that's it game of work yeah and i think so- social
0: sciences sort of imply that it's actually around about one percent you only need that one percent to go out and do their thing and then everyone else follows which i don't know whether that goes the opposite way in the negative but in regards to the positive steps apparently you only need about one percent of the population to turn and push it forward
1: yeah so i i that and you know maybe that is an accurate statistic i don't know i was just taking a guess but yeah, yeah i just know that you know it doesn't take that many people to really stand together and people now before that were completely hypnotized by corporate media like a lot of them are starting to ask questions like they're uh I I was I was at uh I sorry at yes, so about six months ago I had a nurse that called to see me, you know, for a session because I, you know, I work regularly with people as well. And what what happened was I said to her, how many people are actually in the and this is a big hospital. And I said, How many people have actually COVID in that hospital? And she says, I think it's two or maybe three in the entire hospital. Mm. Now in another hospital at the other side of the city, I was speaking to a guy the other day who worked a, as a porter on it. And I said, How many people have got, how many people have got COVID in your uh how many people have got COVID in your hospital? And they said uh they said, oh I think that's maybe four or five. And uh stay with me, I'm just letting the dog
0: out. <laughs> He's very eager to get out there.
2: So. <laughs>
1: and uh so like in an entire hospital in a huge city, there's only like four or five people that have got COVID, you know. And, yeah. you, know, are they, you know, Boris Johnson has actually said that uh, I've got it in video because I'm making a documentary about the whole uh, COVID scam, pandemic fabrication and all the nonsense of it. And uh, like I have him in video saying it's only 7% effective. That's that's Boris Johnson saying that. And I've got Carrie uh, Mullis, the guy that invented the PCR test, basically yes. said that the uh, that it's not fit for purpose, that you should only really cycle it between 20, I think it's 20 20 or 25 cycles. 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he says they're doing, like if you're doing anything over like maybe even 30, that that's really uh, distorting it. And he says, when you amplify it up to like 35 and 40 or 45, which is what uh, most of the people are doing, that are doing the test. And he says, you're going to find anything. And the way I would describe that is, imagine you and I are sitting in a silent room, and you amplify whatever sound you have once, twice, 10 times, 25, 35 times. Eventually, if you're amplifying it 45 or 50 times, you're going to hear white noise or background noise that wasn't even there just by, just by the basic ampli- amplification of something so small. And that's what they're doing with the PCR test. They're amplifying it to such a ridiculous level. Yeah. That, that's, that uh, they're getting uh, so many false positives yeah. And that's just the world we live in now that there's just such a vested, there's just such a vested interest in people, keeping people uh, in this fear based mentality. And I don't know if you've ever watched UK column news yeah. and they were, they had leaked documents showing that the government were actually saying, keep the fear up, you know, get people to comply and, you know, let's do all this stuff. Yeah. And so, the whole system, the way it's set up, is it's like a big funnel to keep people going in the fear, in fear. In Liverpool, there last year, there was people that were, uh, there was people that were, uh, there had the military outside the school doing all sorts of testing and, and crazy stuff. And at the end of the day. The, the, the problem is is that so many people comply and they think, well, if we just do this now, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be able to move forward and we'll get into this new lifestyle, this new way of living. But it's mm. not the more you comply, the more this stuff's going to keep going and going and going and going. And most people can't see uh, the bigger picture in the agenda at play. Yeah. And the thing is, is that these people are so fear-filled and so... I don't know, believing that if they don't get their vaccine or they don't do what they need to do, that, you know, they're going to be in an incredible danger. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The problem is, is that especially if you get vaccinated, I don't know if you saw the interview. uh, It was a guy by a doctor called uh, Van den Bosch. I think it was Van. Yeah, he was a Belgian guy he used to work for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And he's a total pro-vaxxer, like totally... Mm. It totally in the vaccines in every way, and he came come out and says no, you can't do these vaccines. It's crazy, and the he said the problem is now that if do you remember years ago, if you got antibiotics, you had the the other says you know make sure you finish the course. Yeah. So, the the theory behind that is if you if you uh, take antibiotics and you take antibiotics and. You don't finish the course, then the virus or the bacteria or whatever it is, uh, what will happen is it'll get stronger. So, if you were having a battle between uh, the bacteria and the antibiotics, when you finish that course, then the bacteria got really beaten down and the antibiotics won. But if you got halfway through it and then you give up, then the bacteria would have got stronger and then it would have dominated or then would have got it would have educated itself against the, the antibiotics. Yeah. And so, and that's why now antibiotics have been so overused, especially in food, that now antibiotics are virtually useless and you know because they've been so um, overused. And so he's saying that people now are giving people vaccines whenever the virus is still quite strong. And so these people are then getting the infected by, say, the, the, the COVID strain or whatever it is. And because their vaccine level and immunity is quite weak, that the va- the virus is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and it's mutating and mutating. And he was freaking out saying, listen, we could end humanity by vaccinating because we're teaching this virus how to get really strong really quickly. Yeah. But another uh, woman that I has a lot of credibility is that, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits.
0: Yes, another lady, she- yes.
1: Yeah. And so she said that this strain of coronavirus says... When you look at the DNA of it or the structure of it, I don't know if she actually used the actual words DNA. But if you, when you like, unpack that uh, the structure of that virus, she says it would have taken eight hundred years to reach its current uh, mm. level from the last one. She says that 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 to me, what I believe has happened that this has been manufactured by the government, most likely the American government. And they've then put it out through uh, a third party, and then that third party's then uh, outsourced at the China, and then whenever <clears throat> something goes wrong or something happens, then they can they can deny well, it wasn't us, and the Chinese can say it wasn't us, and the Americans say it wasn't us, and both of them are sort of both sort of sort of right, and so it's 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 that layer of protection. Like if it's two, three, four steps, you still control it, but they you know they've got all these different. Yeah. steps that, that you know they want to have when if the fallout of the shit hits the fan that there's a lot of fallout and could this do I think it was deliberately released, released into the environment very possibly but if not then possibly accidentally and what they're talking about and what they want to ban throughout the world is gain of function so that is and gain of function research so that means that you know whenever you do this that the next strain you've made it much more virulent so the problem is is it like how does this benefit humanity that we make more potent more dangerous in viruses like who wh- and so if you go back and you'll see all these people like the coronavirus for all these years are all patented yes and so when you patent something when you own that virus then nobody can then research the cure for it or the uh, the if they do want a vaccine or they want to have a natural thing you can't get the virus because it's it's intellectual property yes so when you think about that like common sense would tell you that this is absolutely criminal that people are patenting in things that are lethal pathogens yes and <clears throat> that they have a cash funnel set up to monetize it that should be completely outlawed people should be outraged and that thing should be completely against any law any morally and ethically on so many levels but that's allowed to exist, and not only that, it's protected by the the, the, the institutions and the whole system. Mm. Like when you look at how that system is set up, like how, how in a, any sane and just and ethical society could anybody be allowed to patent or create something that is absolutely deadly to humanity and have a, a cash funnel connected to it? But that's the world we live in.
0: Yes. Well, it's a world we should maybe wave goodbye to. I, I don't know how. There are many steps and little things. It's not like one suits or one fix fixes all. Uh, that's,
2: that's
0: go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you've got, um, like you have, the, the there are legal people I know, like in Florida, there are very able legal minds that are fighting the cause and just cause, and they're winning, uh, yeah. which isn't highlighted by the media. But then I wouldn't go look into the media anyway for any good news. um. As an individual entity, as a sovereign thing, as our bodies, Mm -hmm. what are the basic steps right now for hanging in there until the great legal minds have actually won some sensibility over the populace?
1: So for one thing, I think that everybody should do that, you know, can do this consciously is very peaceful non-compliance. Don't take their vaccines. Don't follow the rules that are unethical. they, they won't deliver the science. They won't say, well, let's see the science that you're using to determine this criteria that you're using for lockdown because the science would fall apart and get shredded because, uh, it's all smoke and mirrors. They're, uh, talk to people. And this is the thing, how we're going to win this is by talking to one another by, you mean we, the people that still believe all this stuff. I mean, we need to have empathy and compassion for these people. And try to help them to awaken if they're so fear-filled. And like, some of these people can be very hostile towards you because how dare you walk into here without a mask? Mm. But they're in Australia last year. They beat a bus driver to death because he weren't, wasn't wearing a mask. Mm. But we need empathy. We need compassion. We need peaceful non-compliance. We need to educate ourselves. We need to ask questions. When people say you have to do that, who says you have to do that? You've got some, we are our own highest authority. Nobody can tell you what to do. It's just that most people believe that somebody has some sort of power over us. And if you believe somebody has a power over you, then they do.
2: Hmm.
1: But, and the thing is, how this is going to be One is there are people in the inside of these organizations, should it even be the police? I mean, a lot of times now, I mean, the police throughout this have behaved horribly And they, like, some of them are so brutal and so horrific and so aggressive towards people, like the amount of force and abuse that they've used is criminal and they should be prosecuted for their crimes. Absolutely. Mm. And this is the thing, is that in society, usually the police would have the support of the greater community. But when they are so violent, so abusive and so unaccountable, you're finding now that like lots of people have lost all respect for the police and now, like a lot of these people, like in France, the police officers were so aggressive and so abusive and in the end, the people knew where they lived and they end up going and, and, not, and not supporting this, but they end up getting murdered and they ended up uh, having very severe consequences for their actions. And so in the end the, the police basically gave up and left them alone. Mm. But the thing is, there also will be good police officers that know that something's wrong. And you'll see, like, recently, you know, different ones have resigned and went, no, uh, uh, we're not doing this anymore in good conscience. I can no longer be in this uh, system, in this police force. But th- to me, how this will be won is, I mean, our legal system is so corrupt. I mean, the judges are absolutely corrupt. Corrupt and round the core, nearly all of them are horrible, horrible criminals. But the thing is, there are still some judges and police officers, as is there are healthcare workers, that are really good, caring, compassionate people that really did join whatever organisation they organisation they did for the right reasons. Hmm. Now, a lot of these organisations will have people in them that are just corrupted by the illusion of power. And they're just very corruptible, and there's not much you can really do. But the thing is, if you know, if you're in a situation and you see a wrong, speak out about it. If you see somebody doing something that's highly unethical, speak out about it. If you see an injustice, you know, stand up for it. If you see somebody that's being treated horribly by any member of the establishment. You know, video everything, document everything. And that's the thing. Everybody has a camera on their phone now. There's no law against photo- photographing any police officer, any health care worker, any anything. If you're out in a public domain, you are a public servant. There's no law against it. Now, they will probably try to make it illegal because they don't want anybody filming members of the state and of the establishment carrying out criminal acts. But we live in a world now that, you know, you can't pay that stuff. There's so many people watching. And they get away with it because there's a lot of, like, say there's a, a rally and they'll, they'll send in a huge amount of police to a small amount of protesters and they'll make a scene and they'll document that and the BBC will put it out and it'll look like, oh, there's all these bad people and all these things happening. But when you see the social media and you see what's actually happening in the social media, you'll realise that, you know, the people are very, very powerful and that system is really really starting to crumble it really is but the thing that's go- the thing that's going to make the difference is that the, the people that stand together and you know in numbers we are very very powerful but the thing is is that most people just can't see how far down that path we are because they, they are still watching mainstream news but like even with the censorship even with the mainstream news, even with all these different things, there's still lots of stuff getting through that previously people, uh, previously that that people uh, couldn't see. Mm. And so, you know, there is a lot of optimism. There really is. And I see some people getting down thinking, is this going to end? Is it ever going to finish? You know, what's going to happen and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I just see so much positive, so much good, so many different things are joining and joining and joining. And yes, it doesn't look that good, but people are really waking up and we need to like have compassion for each other, educate each other, talk to each other, research stuff. If you, even if you do want to take a vaccine, like seriously, if you want to take a vaccine, seriously, and that's fine. I fully support that, but please read the label, read the side effects and do the research and do it. You know, if you feel you want to take a vaccine, that's okay. But the problem is that once you vaccinate, you cannot unvaccinate. Mm. And that's a big, big problem. It, this We have DNA altering vaccines or gene therapy vaccines. So whoever you are as a person, once you stick that into your DNA is being manipulated. And so there's never going to, like even if you, anybody that had, well, first of all, I think that a lot of these vaccines uh, will make people sterile. That's I, yes, a, yes. an absolute absolutely. But even if, say... That's why there's
0: no data come out about it because it, it apparently hasn't been tested on the effects of sterility. However, if they had, they wouldn't have released it, would they?
1: Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, they will withhold data that doesn't exactly, yeah. them. But the thing is, I mean, there's this mad, crazy paradox in the world. You've got people like Bill Gates that want to rule the world and wanna, he wants to get rid of lots of people and there's too many people on the planet. And I don't know that like, does the universe have a per- perverse sense of humor or, you know, <laughs> is it going to get rid of the unconscious people that it chose to get the vaccines and they're never going to be able to reproduce? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But the thing is we're in this crazy space time reality now. And there's a lot of people that are losing their minds and there's a lot of people are waking up. And so eventually we're entering a new world, a new a whole new way of doing things and it'll never go back to the way it was. But to me, I, this is my analysis from looking at all the stuff and, you know, hearing through all the noise, we're going through a lot of turmoil and all the stuff and all the different things that have happened. It's all getting thrown in this big melting pot. And there is a bit of like this chaos, but out of the chaos will birth a new consciousness. It needs that amount of intensity to force it to that higher level. Yeah, And so I do feel that there'll be a lot of prosecutions for what people have done and the criminality that they use to uh, enforce a lot of this agenda and rules and stuff. But then there's going to be, I do, just like the Nuremberg trials and stuff, you know, with all the Nazis and all that sort of stuff. I mean, those, uh, <clears throat> those trials, I think, will take place again because of certain attitude and certain ways that government... Uh, try to force people to take vaccines, you know, and you, they can't vaccinate without your consent. But you know, they'll do it through coercion or coercion with things like, uh, you know, if you want to immigrate to this country, you know, if unless you're fully vaccinated and you've got your vaccine passport, you're not getting in. Yeah. Then there'll be other there'll be other things like, uh, if you want to get in or you want to travel, well, you can go through this route and it's a lot more difficult so they'll have a priority lien for people that are vaccinated you know to try and create like a a medical apartheid. and yeah. if you on benefits and if you want to qualify for something you'll do it or you're a prisoner and if you want to get out we'll give you parole three months earlier if you take the vaccine or like an American either giving you donuts to get a vaccine I <laughs> mean like yeah <laughs> that not tell you something in a country that would never give you anything for free because everything's monetized so to the extreme when they're getting something away from free for free you know that it's a it's a very very high price but the thing the thing is if you like, so people uh, are thinking well why why would somebody want to get a vaccine so they believe that there'll be some benefit basically that that will protect them from getting a virus or an illness or whatever it is for no matter what type of vaccine it is But the thing is, the cure to every illness is to have a really high functioning immune system. So if you really want to make yourself super healthy, because there's a lot of things that are, you know, not right about the world, but there's many things that are magnificent. And so when I wrote that book called Thriving in a Toxic World, the reason I called it that is because a lot of times when you're talking to people, they'll say, well, how are you doing? Oh, I'm surviving. (laughs) Surviving is the lowest standard a human can have. It's one step above death yes and we can literally thrive in this world and it is a crazy world but there's so much beauty so much magnificence in it that if you start to focus on that that's what we will all start manifesting manifest into our reality yeah and so what what is so healing to you magnificent you know walk barefoot on the earth preferably in damp wet grass preferably in a forest or along the seashore against the damp seashore that you know you're going to make a massive amount of antioxidants that are going to get rid of the bad free radicals and so that is a very powerful healing thing like when you walk along the seashore you know if you ask anybody how's that feel they they always say oh it feels really great Mm -hmm. but it is because you're making those antioxidants and that is a very powerful healing therapeutic thing that you can do and it costs no money another thing that you can do I mean the sun is shining today it's a glorious day Get out in the sun and get as much sunshine as you possibly can. Mm. Now, the thing that's really important is people say, oh, if you go out in the sun, you'll get skin cancer. Now, I believe that nonsense. And I stayed out of the sun for 20 years. I really did. I wouldn't go out in the sun for 20 years. Now, I never wore sunscreens, but I, I didn't go out in the sun. Now... That's the worst thing that you could do. Your body needs vitamin D just to carry out basic functions within your body. There are many functions that it, it absolutely must have vitamin D to, to, work, to make all those different functions within your body work. And most people are chronically vitamin D deficient. Yeah. So if you go out in the sun, go out in the sun expose as much of your body as you can to the sun, preferably naked. I mean, I prefer to sunbathe naked as often as possible. But when you're out in the sun, stay out in the sun until your skin goes the slightest color of pink. Once your skin goes the slightest color of pink, get out of the sun. Because if you stay out longer, then that's where you are causing your skin to premature, prematurely age. And also, it's going to increase your risk of getting skin cancer slightly.
2: Mm.
1: But if you stay out in the sun and get the slightest color pink, that's when you've maximized your vitamin D. The other thing as well is never use any commercial sunscreens at any time because the the commercial sunscreens are full of horribly toxic chemicals that will destroy your health. And a simple indicator of whether you can put it on your skin or not, it's very easy, is if you can't eat it, you cannot put it on your skin. Because anything that we put on our skin gets absorbed transdermally, which just means through your skin and into your bloodstream. So if you go to a swimming pool that's got chlorine in it within 20 minutes, if they took a blood sample of you, they will detect chlorine in your blood.
2: Mm.
1: So that's why you, I avoid chlorinated swimming pools. Yeah. But so then, so if you want to put something on your skin, I mean coconut oil, I'd put raw organic coconut oil, which will give you a sun protection factor of three. Okay. So will raw organic cacao butter it'll give you a sun protection factor three. So if you normally can only stay out for an hour, if you put the coconut oil, you're going to be able to stay out for three hours. Now, if you're going into a very hot climate and you want to go out and sunbathe and you want to lay out in the sun all day, I can't remember, but like raspberry leaf oil, I wrote about it in the book, but I can't remember the exact statistic. I think it has like, it's really has like maybe 28, a sun protection, protection factor of 28. So, you know, there's things out there that are really good and you can eat all these because they came from nature. Yeah. Like those commercial sunscreens are, are full of uh, like things like benzyl alcohol and like I mean titanium dioxide probably isn't too bad on your skin, but I mean they put it in supplements and stuff and you know they should be avoided. But so <clears throat> the other thing as well is when you've lay out in the sun, then you come into the house the worst thing you could do is come in and then have a shower and then use like body wash or detergent or shampoo in your body. Cause then you're washing off the benefits of vitamin D because the vitamin D is still synthesizing on your skin for 24 to 48 hours after you've been out on it. And vitamin D actually isn't a vitamin. it's a hormone. Yeah. And so uh, you don't want to wash off the goodness. So if you do feel you need a shower, that's okay. Go in and get a shower. Don't use any detergents. And if you feel you need to use a bit of, soap or shampoo under your arm or your groin, that's fine, but, you know, leave it at that. The other thing as well is, uh, if any of the, any of these, uh, commercial sunscreens as well, like they've all, most of them, if you take, if you, even if you've got a sunscreen, go and take the ingredients list and go, uh, benzoyl alcohol side effects, uh, you know, say sodium lauryl sulfate side effects, and there's a really good group called the Environmental Working Group. I think it's EWG.org. Mm-hmm. And so if you put in your commercial brand of any, say, personal hygiene product or shampoo or body wash or anything like that, they will tell you on a, I think it's a, a scale from zero to eight, <clears throat> whether it's totally safe harmful really harmful or outright dangerous or whatever i can't remember but it's a really good place that you know you get the brands you know like the supermarket brands they'll all tell you yeah. and most of, most of them are highly highly carcinogenic and you know of all like massive red flags on them wow. so it's just just to avoid all those commercial sunscreens they will seriously significantly increase your risk of getting cancer without a doubt but they will have the logo from the Skin Foundation to tell you it's really good because they paid, I can't remember I think it's 10 grand or 20 grand, get you a skin foundation approval. Doesn't matter if it's a toxic shitstorm, but they'll <laughs> come on down the prices, right? Yeah.
0: So I pretty much I think one of the things to avoid is is logos, really. <laughs> that's one of the healthiest things.
1: Yeah.
0: Well wow, Yes, go on. So
1: Just to finish, just on the the, the health thing. So the other thing as well is get out in nature and spend time in nature. I mean, the Japanese have a thing, I think it's called shinruku, called forest bathing, where they go out and they walk in the forest and they just bathe in the energy of the forest. And there's a very healing energy just to walk in the forest. That that will do you good. Another thing as well is we need to exercise. Like We are not designed to sit on the sofa for you know, 10 hours a day or six hours a day or whatever it is and watch TV. So get out and move around. You know, they, they say like sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. And so you need to get up and move around and exercise. And another thing you need to do is you really want to eat as healthy, natural, organic, fresh, in-season food as possible. And the other thing is you want to drink high-quality filtered water. I mean, the water in your tap is not fit for... Uh, for consumption. It really isn't. It's just food. So filter that well. I mean, I even filter my own shower water, but just doing those things will really help you. And another thing that's really important, you know, is where do you live emotionally? Do you have a lot of stress in your life? Do you have a lot of people that are energy vampires that are feeding off you? (laughs) you People around you that don't respect and appreciate you? You know, maybe it's time to call your friends list and get, get rid of those people. If they're not adding value to your life, if you do not feel that you're appreciated, valued, and respected, it's time to terminate those relationships. They really will suck the life force out of you. Mm. And it's very important to, you know, where you live emotionally. And that's one of the things that I find uh, when I work, especially with cancer patients and within a three-minute conversation, uh, like I know with a very high probability whether a person is going to live or die. Right, and the biggest factor is who are they surrounded with? Do they believe the doctor's God, or do they believe they have the power to heal themselves? If they think, Well, I'm just doing the conventional cut, poison, burn in most cases, uh, like it's over for them, or you know, they're definitely going to be very unwell for a long period of time, they're definitely going to have a shortened life expectancy. But the thing is, and one of the most common things I hear all the time, and it, it makes me cringe almost when I hear it, and they'll go oh, I had cancer, I went and I did the cut poison burn, you know, they give me the therapy, they cut lumps out of me and they did all these different things. And uh, I went back for a checkup a year later and it says, oh, we're sorry to tell you, the cancer came back. And <clears throat> I said, the cancer never came back, the cancer never went away. Mm. And so it's a bit like you having weeds in your front lawn. You go out with a lawnmower and you mow it down and you, and you go out and look, Ah, oh, look, no weeds, oh, isn't that great? Well, it may look or give the appearance that there's no weeds, but unless you deal with the root cause of what caused the cancer in the first place, then you're just treating the symptoms. you never actually address the underlying cause, which is, you know, you're surrounded by electromagnetic radiation. You're stressed out of your mind. You're eating crappy food. You're using a microwave oven. You're not exercising and all these different things. And so you have to address the root cause of what caused you to get ill, whether it's cancer or any other illness. And pharmaceutical industry medicine the allopathic medicine business model is a model of treating symptoms not dealing with the cause and that's why it's it should be the last place you'd ever go not the first and only place that you would go and the thing is the the, the problem is is that <clears throat> most people don't want they actually have to think and they just... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that is the
1: dangerous thing. Yeah, and so, you know, just wanted to close that, so if you want to go on to something different now, right,
0: or... No, that's certainly fine. Um, Yeah, well, to be honest, there's been so much data in that, I think people are going to have to re-listen, in all honesty, uh, and, yeah, yeah. and make notes. Um, Whereabouts do they get your book? You have mentioned the title, and the internet connection didn't go down, so we got through that. That was good.
2: Um,
1: yeah, so yeah what go say? Thriving in a toxic world.com. Okay, and they can get the book there. I mean, they can, you know, I've there's different things up on YouTube and Facebook, and they can get me on my Facebook page. I have a Thriving in a, in a Toxic World uh, Facebook page as well.
0: Yep, brilliant. Um, oh. uh,
1: I was going to set up other, you know, Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts and all that sort of stuff, but they're so sensitive now. I sort of feel like why well, even bother. So I'm just going to stop. we <laughs> content on the, like, you know, the, the bit shoots and the libraries and the D tubes and all those different things.
0: Yeah, bit shoots is is getting there. It's gradually picking up steam. It's good to see. Um, yeah, it's um, great that I've I've got to um, dig into the to the book. I've got to get myself a copy. But I heard you in an interview with uh, Roy Kotlin and I was just like, within a few minutes, I was like. Oh, I've got to speak to this guy. This is brilliant stuff. I absolutely love it. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, like and, and
0: interestingly enough, this is not conspiracy theory because everything you're saying is fact-based. Yes, okay, during this discussion, you haven't mentioned uh, legal orders, dates, times, and places. However, if anyone was to do their due diligence and go take a look outside of the search engines of Google, like DuckDuckGo or whatever, you will find that data that you've mentioned.
1: Yes, the reason one of the reasons why it took me ten years to write the book is because I call out McDonald's, I call out Pfizer, G. I mean, GSK in two thousand and nine were paying two point three billion dollars. Yeah, the same people that are making the vaccine now. in, in two thousand and ten, GSK were paying three billion. You know, they do the maths. You know, say we we're paying three billion dollars, but we made thirty billion, so you know, we're still twenty seven billion profit. Yeah. So well, it doesn't matter. You know, how many thousands or millions I you know that's just the cost of doing business and that's the world we live in there are very psychopathic very manipulative
0: and interestingly enough as you say that the internet connection starts breaking up again <laughs> it's just why would that happen right now just as you mentioned that so what you mentioned company names and the title of the book and then the internet connection goes Well, there we go. Thank you for listening. You can find me at fatherfinney.com. You can follow me at Facebook. Or you can subscribe at youtube.com. Or, please buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash fatherfinney. Please buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash fatherfinney.